Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome to episode 258 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's program, we feature a conversation with painter, charge artist for the public theater in New York City, Hugh Morris. We talk with Hugh about how he got to where he is making scenery for the public theater, how he also paints based on what he's experiencing with the productions at the public theater and puts those paintings in the green room for all involved in each production to enjoy. We talk about some of the inspiration that he's received, experienced, through actors such as Meryl Streep and Christopher Walken, John Lithgow, Kevin Klein, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Anne Hathaway, to name but a few, over his 31 years working for the public theater. We talk about how he has to work with his hands, otherwise he gets unhappy, and how all of this helps him make sense of his experience in this crazy world. Hugh Morris on the program this week. We also have another wonderfully crafted and beautifully read essay by our resident essayist and associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavise, a.k.a. Uncle Cesare. This one's called The Plate. We have an EWSA by yours truly called Luxurious and a poem titled Perhaps. All of this, as is always the case, will be imbued and infused with a beautiful energy via several great tunes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's get to it. Episode 258 of Troubadours and Raconteurs. Everybody talking about one, two, three, four. Everybody talking about one, two, three, four. Everybody do the one. Two, three, four, everybody talking about one, two, three. Well, you know I'd walk a mile just today. Gonna learn what that door is for. 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 And you know I'd walk a mile just today, die, 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 die. Bad luck coming up. Good luck is gone. Bad luck coming up, good luck is called In the mile that I speak of is the one I'm on Johnny, Dee Dee, T 
Tommy, Joy, Johnny, Didi, 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 Tommy, they were all my friends. They died. Thank you. Thank you so much. Luxurious. The Mozart emanating from my old-fashioned radio reminds me that it is Friday morning in February, and the clock ticks with the rhythm of the dark keys of the piano. The refrigerator hums through a 25-year-old motor, and the tin coffee pot percolates a majesty of aroma that soon will waft a luxurious feeling of comfortable home and simple civilization. Yet there is in my mind and stomach an unsettled disposition spawning from my consumption of certain offerings of the external world not so stabilizing and healthy. Why is it that so many of us need to see, interact with, and taste aspects of our physical and spiritual world that satisfy a yearning to be in control with power domineering or with rewards tantalizing taste buds and eye sockets, or seek reputations by association with the chosen ones rather than a more humble walk down a path of true kindness and strength of character steeped in the pursuit of truth, justice, and creative constructs of soulful depth and imagination, inclusive, yet also independent of the need to dominate. And a Mozart piano concerto emanates from my old-fashioned radio. Seas. 
pronto. <laughs> Hugh Morris, is that you? It is me, yes. Pronto, I love that. CD? This is E.W. Conundrum from Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Well, hello. How are you? It's nice so nice to talk to, to you. Yeah, it's nice to have you on the program, and uh, I appreciate you taking out the time. Before we get started, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to share with the listeners a little background. Okay. And these are your words. I'm reading from uh, one of your sites about Hugh Morris. Whether in an ever-expanding series of opening night pieces I have created for the various casts and crews of public theater productions, I have painted scenery for the New York Shakespeare Festival since 1987, or my visual interpretations of the fables of Aesop, there is always at the root of my work a quiet call for interaction between the art and the viewer. Sometimes the call goes unheeded, but the invitation to play is always there. My work as a painter has always been inexorably linked to my life in the theater. Each piece is a little, sometimes not so little, play. The painting is the performer and the frame is the stage. Some plays are best presented on a bare stage and some on stages with varying degrees of scenery. And to further beat this metaphor to death, under the best of circumstances, a performance is enhanced by the surrounding scenic elements and not overwhelmed by them. It is that balance which I seek, and it is that balance which I sometimes find. Hugh Morris, ladies and gentlemen, on Troubadours and Rock on Tours, painter and charge artist for the Public Theater, New York City. How's yeah. it going? Huh? How's it's it going? going all right. It's going all right. Did I really write that? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that sounds familiar. It sounds like me. And, uh, you know, we want, want to delve into uh, some aspects of what you do and who you are. Uh, I'd like to start by maybe you sharing your story as, as to how you got to do where what you do. Well, uh, the varying parts of my story uh i i grew up in the midwest and uh i was actually grew up in a strangely enough a theater family both my uh both my folks were in the in the professional theater outside of chicago so i actually some of my earliest memories are sitting backstage or i still have a, a sense memory of the of the smell of sawdust uh from the the shop where my father built scenery and so I sort of just, uh, it, I was born into it, I guess. I don't know what, if it's the equivalent of being born born out of a trunk or maybe born building a trunk. I'm not sure which. But uh, anyway, so, uh, and I came as a young man to New York City from there. And uh, I actually, my first, uh, the f reason I came to New York was really, it was about rock and roll, which was, uh, is one of my loves, but I came to the city and, uh, I needed to eat. And, uh, I happened to be working for this, uh, unusual man on St. Mark's place, which is a, a crazy place if you've ever been there. And it certainly was in the eighties. And, uh, he knew a guy who knew a guy. And, uh, I, I just stopped in at the public theater at the, it was more known as the New York Shakespeare festival in those days. 
And uh, I just said, hey, I've been doing this a long time already. Uh, do you have any work for me? And I said, show up Monday. So I did. And uh, 31 years later, <laughs> I'm still here. And uh, and painting scenery a little bit more now. Uh, I, I used to build it and paint it. And now I do mostly just the painting of it. And, so that's part part of the story. And and uh, so this this has been going on for thirty one years. Uh, you you, yes. I guess you make a nice living uh, to, uh, to to be able to stay there in New York City. It's not easy financially. So yeah, you must be making a, a decent well, living, which is it's, that that I, is pretty I, significant. I I have managed to uh, to stay in the city and. Uh, and raise two great kids who are now not kids anymore, but adults uh, with my wife. And, um, and so I made an all right living. It is not for profit theater though. So it's a slightly different scale, but I certainly have uh, made enough to, to keep everybody in cupcakes <laughs> for the, the, the 30 years I've been doing it. Uh, and you know, let's name drop. Who are some of the people you've worked with while building and painting scenery over the years? Well, I, I always, I am, I'm always a little hesitant about uh, saying I worked with them. Uh, I, I guess uh, because we sort of the the uh, technical theater and the and the the on stage, the actors and and uh, what they call the artistic staff tend to be in different worlds. We we cross over sometimes. So I I, I use the word work with hesitatingly. I guess. But certainly, uh, I did a. We'll start at the top. Uh, did a. I painted a few shows uh, that Meryl Streep uh, was uh, trod the boards of, which is pretty exciting. She's yeah. amazing, and uh, I think in the same show was Christopher Walken and uh, uh, wow, there were a lot of Kevin Klein. Um, let's see, Philip Seymour Hoffman. A couple of shows that he was in. Uh, just I, that's just off the top of my head. And, and then, uh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Um, just that there, it's it's a very uh, uh, interesting place to work uh, because uh, it's not only at the public, but in the summer, of course, the the public operates the Shakespeare in the Park, which is, I guess, pretty world famous. I, I tend to ask people if they've heard of it. And I've never met somebody who hasn't heard of it, but I, you know, I live in sort of a theater bubble, so I ask anyway. The the uh, Shakespeare in the Park has been going for quite some time, and uh, it's also a very unique uh, theater experience, and also for building the sets, a very unique experience because the elements. Uh, it's an outdoor theater for those who don't know, and it's it's it can be pretty brutal because it's in the summer, but we actually open it uh, very early. Um, starting in March now, because we have to get the, the sets are enormous, and uh, we have a lot of work to do to open the theater up. So uh, we're the we're the spearhead of the <laughs> of the public theater up in uh, Central Park every year, and also, of course, uh, our department closes it down as well. It's kind of like we, when the pitchers we, and catchers report in February to get the Major League Baseball season underway. <laughs> That's that's right, <laughs> exactly. Except that they're mostly in Florida. I think. <laughs> right. We're we're in New York, so slightly different weather weather zone. For sure, for sure. And um, you also, from my understanding, is is you you pour you paint uh, 
uh, portraits as well, don't you? I have done so, yes. Uh, I don't consider myself really a portraitist. I, I, I paint um, because I'm, I'm an autodidact in pretty much everything that I do, and I have many interests. Um, and I, I, when I am painting uh, someone, someone's likeness, I, I sort of paint it until I recognize it as, as that person. I don't know that I'm I'm not really trained as uh, as a portraitist, so I just do it to the point at which I go, ah, okay, I recognize that person. It could be something in the eyes, it could be something in the mouth that just speaks to me. And so, uh, I but I I always enjoy uh, the human form uh, in some way in my in the paintings that I do. Do you have some Although sort not of not exclusively? Do you have some sort of arrangement uh, with regard to uh, showcasing your work uh, with the public theater or some of the other galleries nearby? No, I don't. I don't really. Um, because I'm not. Um, I what what happened was uh, we did just do. Of I've done it for about the portraits I've, and the paintings for or the green room series. I've done a, about fifteen years. Um, and as it happened, my 30th anniversary was this past year. So, uh, as a sort of, a, I think as a present to me, they, they made, uh, this, the space in the lobby available to me to show my, show my work, which at was the public great. theater I had a party and, at yeah. the public theater. Yes. And what was your, what did your work uh, entail? What, 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 uh, did you showcase there? I showcased, uh, about, I think it was about 20 pieces, uh, of the, Wow, I think it's more than more than seventy pieces that I've done over the fifteen years, and uh, the Green Room series is basically it's it's my take as each show that I'm working on at the public. I I try to do a piece, uh, a painting or a sculpture or some sometimes a combination of the two that reflects the meaning of the show for me. And sometime, and at any rate, if I, I'm kind of going off the, the reservation here, so no, not basically, at all. I, totally I, total I take sense. the, I take those, I I try to create a piece that I then present in the green room, which is why it's called the green room series, as sort of an homage to the cast and crew of the show that that the painting is of. Um, uh, because uh, I think that the green room is sort of for also for those who don't know it's sort of the the hangout spot for the actors and the crew. It's right near where the dressing rooms are, and also the crew will sit up there, and everybody sort of gets together there before and after the show. So it has, and for me, the green room is has I I sort of it's a very I don't know if I would call it a safe space for me because I don't I don't do so much in it anymore. But as a kid, I spent a lot of time in green rooms, and it was and because my folks were both uh, acting, uh, it was kind of a special place to me. And I it, it became all all the places around theaters were sort of like my playground in a way with my with my brothers and sister, and uh, so it has a, it resonates for me. The green room is important to me. At any rate, the the pieces that were presented on uh, on one M O twenty of the seventy or so pieces that I've done over the fifteen years, and uh, I picked I picked them a little randomly. They needed to 
they needed to fit <laughs> on the walls, which was one of the factors. So I picked some of the smaller ones. Very practical. And uh, they, yes, and also they couldn't be too sculptural because there is traffic on the in the lobby. So I had to be careful because some of my some of my paintings could be a little grabby. Like I, I have one. Uh, I did a. a a painting for uh, what was it, Henry Henry V with uh, Liev Schreiber uh, back in I think it was 2003, and that actually has uh, barbed wire, um, barbed wire on the frame. So uh, that can grab you. And it was not it was barbed wire that I made, so it wasn't actual barbed wire, but it was it was it's barbed wire enough that it would grab a sweater. So I had to not have that. Yeah, have. yeah. All kinds of legal uh, ramifications. Per yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you you know, I, I wonder, how, how do the, when you're putting these pieces together, um, the the plays themselves that uh, you're, that you're, there are no homage to, how, how do they inform what, what uh, you're, you're creating on, on canvas? Is it, more focused on the characters in the plays or the actors uh, outside of the characters or, or the, the, the setting? It's, it's a combination of all of them. It can, it's sometimes it's, it's, to me, it's informed sometimes by, for instance, what we're using, the, uh, the materials that we're using uh, in the set. For instance, uh, there was, there is a, uh, I've done, I mean, I'd say I've done several leers. I haven't done them. I've worked on several King Lears over the years, and one of them, uh, uh, the most recent one was John Lithgow in the, in the park. And uh, there was huge amounts of burlap used because it was set in sort of a, the, the dark ages and um, uh, prehistorical Britain. And uh, so the the design had a lot of burlap and very rustic feel to it, and timbers. So the the frame to me it it had to be made out of raw wood materials, not boards, but but pieces of branch that I lashed together with uh, with sort of a, a raw twine like material, and also then I. I painted, and I, that's, you can't see my hands, but I'm doing uh, air quotes, uh, the, the portrait, really, of King Lear, or John Lithgow as, as King Lear, um, on burlap. But I didn't use paint because uh, it was, I wanted to, one of the things that I use often uh, when aging things is a combination of vinegar and um, with dissolved steel wool in it. And what happens with that is it creates a, a, a chemical reaction with uh, whatever goes on raw materials like wood or on burlap in this case, which was a happy accident. I didn't know that, that it worked on burlap, but I, I happened to splash them on some burlap and found that. I said, oh, that's very interesting. And then I used a little bit of bleach also on, in that piece. So that was something that really stemmed from the set itself. Uh, another one uh, we did... Um, a show called uh, Grounded, which had uh, uh, Anne Hathaway. We referred to as Sand Hathaway during this because of the amount of sand in the set. And um, so that was another thing that was informed very much by the, the scenery. The entire set was, the floor was covered in about six 
six inches to a foot of sand. And uh, so the, the piece, although the scene of the piece really is, the, the basic idea of the show is that it's a, a, an Air Force a flyer who is grounded and then becomes a drone pilot somewhere in, uh, I think it was Nevada, I believe. Um, and basically her struggle with making that transition from the direct contact with an airplane and also a direct contact with the damage that she is doing by dropping bombs directly on people and going to become a drone pilot where it's it's almost like a nine-to-five job where she goes in, she drives a drone from a computer somewhere in Nevada and then is coming to grips with with the disconnect that happens with that. Anyway, the piece that I, because of that, I sort of had an image of an hourglass in my head flipping over. So it's a portrait of Anne Hathaway as, uh, I don't remember the character's name, but uh, in her uh, uniform that it actually spins, the piece itself spins over and, the, and it's enough sand to fill her face at the top and then when it turns over, it spills out, out of her face into the lower part where there's a heart because she's, she talks about her, her newborn child or her one, maybe one-year-old, I don't remember. Um, so to me, that was, I, I'm very big on metaphor, <laughs> if you hadn't guessed, by that description. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of something that, well, there were another, another uh, group of paintings, and we were fortunate enough at the public to do uh, a series of plays that were written and directed by Richard Nelson, who was a, a wonderful playwright and director, um, uh, that were the Apple Family uh, series that, um, that have toured, and it's, it's, it had great reception, it had wonderful actors in it. And um, so I, I was able to do, uh, there were four, four of them, I believe three or four of those plays, and I was able to do a painting for each of those. And those, I really pulled some just from metaphors that were in the text of the play. So, um, let's see here. I think of one that stands out. There was, well, one that's maybe my favorite of them is um, uh, the show was called Regular Singing. And it's still it's basically the, the idea of the, the series is it follows this family in Rhinebeck, New York, who are the, the each play takes place on a certain date. So one of them was the um, was the midterm elections in 2010, and then there was the the election of 2012, I think. And then um, oh, you know, uh, it was uh, the anniversary of 9/11, of course, um, and then. Uh, regular singing where I, I think it was the one that took place in the 50th anniversary of the JFK assassination. Um, but it, it follows this family. And anyway, the, the idea of that piece is it's, it was about family. The main thing is about family, even though it touches on these, these subjects. And to me, I also, I pulled from my own past and I am, I'm sort of a, was always the one mo in my family most interested in old pictures and, and 
I do some genealogy, genealogical research. So I chose a cardboard box with pictures and paraphernalia in it of old, like an old playbill and uh, just uh, little photographs. And the, but the photographs are painted. I painted. I chose. Actually, I, I snuck in some paintings of photographs of myself as a child and also different uh, characters that I put in. I found some uh, pictures of uh, four children together, and I, it's basically a scattered grouping of, of pictures as if coming out of the box that isn't in the attic because it all takes place in the, the Apple family home. Wow. Um, if that makes any sense. Makes total sense, yeah. You really uh, sort of get in touch with uh, a thematic energy or uh, the verve of, of a show as best you can, and these are, and and this is not for the scenery on uh, on stage. This is something extra. This is something that you either put in the green room or you just do. All these pieces don't necessarily yes. make the green room. A lot of this is just for yourself as an artist, and. Uh, you are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Well, I think, I, I have to say, like, philosophically, I, I tend to, I'm very, uh, I see it very, very selfishly, actually, because I, I, myself, I have to work with my hands. Otherwise, you're unhappy. That's, that's just... I'm, yes, it, I just I get wrought up. I I get unhappy. So I have to, I have to be creating something, and um, I'm not really by nature, <laughs> even though I work in the most collaborative of art forms for literally my entire life. I'm by nature sort of a loner, and I I tend to uh, that's what really turns my crank is is ideas and and uh, and the that spark of of uh, oh, this is going to be great! That comes into my head, and not so much with the with the other people. Although I, I try to be nice <laughs> <laughs> with other people, but I think because and part of it is because of that. Be because I work so much with other people, I I need I need that downtime for myself, and I I really see it in a. It's it's really a selfish thing, and I I really think that 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 most art it stems from a selfish a selfishness really it's trying to make sense of of our experience in this crazy world and and then if somebody else goes oh this is great this means something to me then that's just gravy but it's not what motivates me personally and i suspect that's true of, of many artists if not all artists and maybe that's too bold a statement but i, I that's what i believe is that it's it really stems from from selfishness first, and then, and I don't see that as a as a negative thing. Also, I would I would hasten to add, I think that, then anything that comes after that is just it's a it's gravy. I agree with you. You know, I mean, if if you're first of all trying to create something in anticipation of making other people happy, uh, then you're mm -hmm. you know it's not true to your own uh, intellect, your own soul, your own spirit, and. It's not going to have a a quality that is is compelling, you know, uh, and that resonates. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I agree with your your uh, assessment that it's not a bad thing. 
Uh, it's just you're being yeah. you're being human at a really human at a, at a very uh, cool, excellent level in a way that a lot of people don't aren't unable aren't able to 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 uh, experience. So maybe it keeps someone like yourself. And I, I consider myself an artist too, and myself from going completely bonkers or getting depressed and feeling, you know, you know, too yeah. melancholy. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's 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 really critical. It's it's a for me it's a it's a critical part of who I am, and I I can't I I can also feel it because because of the the work I do to put bread on the table. Sometimes uh, I will I will not have as much time as I like or energy. I'm not, uh, not as young as I once was. And I will have to recoup just physically. And I, then I start, I, I can start to cranky and I'm like, why am I so cranky? I mean, I'm naturally a little cranky anyway, but <laughs> more cranky, let's say. You and me both. Then, uh, then I will just, then I'll go, Oh, of course I need to do, I need something. I need something to, to occupy my hands and my, my brain and, uh, you know, maybe my feet even. <laughs> let's use my whole body. Let's give uh, some folks uh, maybe a place where they could uh, check out some of your work, whether it be uh, virtually or or some physical space. Any any contact information or social media information, uh, upcoming uh, well, shows. What a great idea! I'm terrible at that. I will say that uh, I we uh, my wife uh, Viorica and I. Uh, Viorica is also an artist. Um, we have a studio in uh, Saugerties, New York, and each year uh, we're part of the Saugerties uh, Artist Tour, which is a really great, uh, if I may say so, um, combination of somewhere around 40 artists who live in the Saugerties, New York area, which is upstate, very close to Woodstock, for mm -hmm. those who are not so familiar with the area. Um, we do that every August. We have an open studio and, uh, there is a, a we have some of our stuff is listed on that site, which is sagadiesartisttour.com. I believe this is not my strong suit. If you hadn't guessed, <laughs> um, we also have, um, a website and if you, I can't even tell you what, what the letters are. Well, I would have to, uh, I believe that it's. It's 100 studios at yolasite.com. That's what I think it is. But I think probably if you use your Googles and look up Hugh Morris and Viarica Stan, then you will find it. Yeah, Hugh Morris is H uh, U G H M O R R I S. And your wife's name, I don't know that right. I can spell so easily. Her, her name is Viorica Stan, and that's V I O R. I C A S T A N. And, and she's you, also an artist. And, and is she a visual uh, artist as well? I guess uh, she is a visual artist. She's mixed media, and she uh, also a photographer. And uh, do you have a show coming up and, at the public theater I mean, soon? I don't have any. I, we had a. Uh, I had the as I mentioned earlier the thirtieth anniversary uh, <laughs> of my coming here show. Um, I am potentially, uh, I'm in talks with a place in actually in Saugerties, which is also an amazing place, uh, called Opus 40, um, which is, um, it's actually a, a 
a sculptural place and also well worth visiting just on its own, um, which very good friends of ours run um, in Saugerty, New York, uh, which is a, a, a place that I could talk about for, for an hour just to itself. But I have a show coming there probably in July, which will be some of the Green Room series. Uh, probably that's what we're we're talking about doing. They have a little gallery space that, and they asked me. Uh, we're at we're in talks, I guess is how they say it. We're, yeah, to, you're in uh, talks to do some of that. And and, and what um, about? But the, that's another place. What about your next uh, your next um, show at the public theater that you have to create scenery for? Is that uh, you're just well, waiting for Shakespeare in the park in now? Midst, no, we are in the midst of a bunch of things opening. There's. Uh, there is a show um, that has is in previews now, which is called Kings, which is a, a, a Sarah Burgess show uh, directed by Tommy Kale, who is a, a direct, many will know as a director of Hamilton, the mega hit on Broadway, uh, a super nice guy. Um, that is in previews. We have another um, show that's just starting tech, which is called Low Road. Um, which is a a, a very interesting um, uh, show that uh, takes place in colonial times and has some interesting surprises, which I won't give away in it. And that's just starting tech rehearsals. Um, and then another one we're working on, which is called Miss You Like Hell, which is a musical. Um, and that one is coming in March. And then another one, um, which is called Nulima's Tale, which is, I'm actually in that theater as we speak, uh, uh, working on that one. So oh, great. there's lots coming up. And then we're starting, we'll start building uh, in for the park in March. So, and those two shows coming. You're a busy man, Hugh Morris. I'm not sure. I'm very busy. <laughs> it's true enough. And I appreciate you taking out the time to be on uh, Troubadours and Rock on Tours. That's about all the time we have this go-around to discuss what's what and uh, your, your experience uh, in, uh, in painting and, and uh, scenery making and, and uh, related issues. It's been wonderful talking with you, sir. Oh, it's, it was my pleasure, and I hope I didn't go on too, too much. No. No, it was very compelling. I, I, work, I work alone so much. Sometimes when I uh, come across people, I just talk their ears off. So, <laughs> That's the whole point what a pleasure. here. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> then i done good. You've done good. Uh, well, hopefully we cross okay. paths. I'll come out there with our associate producer, Dr. Pavise, and check out one of those shows you mentioned at the Public Theater. Maybe we'll come up to Socrates in uh, the summer and see what's going on at uh, the gallery. Absolutely. And I look forward to seeing you. Take care of yourself, sir. Take care. Bye-bye.
the plate. I have a plate from my old house. I date it from the 70s, and it's microwave safe, so I assume it's an example of early microwave crockery, although we didn't have a microwave back then. It must have been one of a set, a flower pattern, and when I left for college, I took that one plate with me. Everyone needs a plate. It's traveled with me through a few colleges, graduate school, a number of apartments, many frozen dinners and leftovers, and one microwave. The microwave is my mother's, too. I gave it to her for the minuscule kitchen of her subsidized senior citizen apartment, and after a trial and error period, like NASA scientists perfecting launch codes, my mother managed the commands to heat up a hot dog. When she died, and we were emptying out her apartment, I took the microwave. I already had a plate for it. I have an afghan she crocheted for me, which I also have had since college. I have two sink frogs that she made in ceramics class at her subsidized senior citizen apartment house. One frog is a finished work and glazed green. The other is unglazed and still its original white. I'm not sure why she didn't complete her work on this one, but it has an interesting look. It could be a rare frog captured from the Amazon, frozen, awaiting the indignity of a wet sponge in its gaping mouth. I have a tiny snow globe. A wizard is inside the globe, and the pedestal is a Halloween scene. Headstones and bones and skeletons and spiders and ghosts oddly sticking out their red tongues. A festive diorama, the ghosts in particular seeming to be having a good time. It might have been a gift from her granddaughter or great-granddaughters, or perhaps a whimsical purchase from a shopping jaunt with my sister. Its provenance is impeccable, from Kay's mystic and magic collection, exclusively designed and hand-painted for Dollar Tree Store of Chesapeake, Virginia. The wizard stood through all seasons on her one bookshelf, the site of most of her knick-knacks in her small apartment. Most of the knick-knacks that I grew up around in our house didn't make it to her apartment. I remember one sorry figure, a wooden troll, perhaps an assistant to a wizard, that my brother rescued during a clean-up after a historic flood in a neighboring town. The troll's beard was a tad muddy, and his green felt hat dirty and dented. He was somewhat worse for wear, but he held his place on a shelf for many years, a survivor of the storm. Next to the, the troll were a shepherd and a shepherdess, white ceramic figurines with tiny black eyelashes painted on their slightly scary faces. My mother was not one of those Hummel collectors, however, and she didn't have a special cabinet for her treasures. Most of them she came by haphazardly on her infrequent travels, or picked up on impulse at Kresge's or Woolworth's, or later, Kmart. The whimsy of the knickknacks called to her from the shelves. Her many bowling trophies were another matter, however, acquired through skill, perseverance, and participation in regular Thursday night bowling leagues. 
She won them over the years and semi-proudly displayed them, along with a few trophies for speech, not sports, that I managed to accumulate in high school. In one of her moves, the bowling trophies ended up in a box, and the box wound up in the rusted-out and rotting trunk of my car. Some fell through a hole in the trunk and scattered onto Interstate 81 during a particularly bumpy ride, and most of the rest were crushed when the car finally conked out for good and was carried away to a notorious junkyard defiling a mountain in our town. One trophy survived. It has a handsome wooden stand and a female bowler wearing a skirt and sporting a bouffant hairdo poses in perpetual mid-swing, angling for a strike. Engraved with my mother's name, the trophy is an achievement award for most improved average in her league. She went up 19 points in her score. It's for the 1964-1965 season, and it was awarded by the Women's International Bowling Congress, Inc., and signed by the President and Executive Secretary of that august body. I still have that achievement trophy. My mother kept another trophy during her moves from the family homestead to her two different, small, subsidized senior citizen apartments. A four-inch, world's greatest mom cup that I must have given her when I was in grade school. I have that one, too. You know I love you so bad love you so bad, so bad, you know I love you so bad, like the kid in the back of the classroom, who can't do the math, cause you can't see the blackboard, so bad, you know I love you so bad, like the kids skipping class in the Yeah. 
perhaps. The barbed wire painting of Meryl Streep dancing with Laurence Olivier on the banks of the Brooklyn Bridge circa 1917 as Bolsheviks plan an overthrow of Tsarist Russia and just a short train ride away, the rush of red plush curtain on stage opens once again to sanctify our human exploits through sound of words, breath, movement, and scenes built in the name of art imitating life. Or perhaps they are the same. Episode 258 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, this week's featured guest, charge artist for the public theater in New York City, painter Hugh Morris. I'd like to thank our associate producer and resident essayist, Uncle Cesare, a.k.a. Dr. Michael Pavis. And these musical artists, Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Kevin Morby, Marilyn Manson, Smashing Pumpkins, Ezra Furman, Beth Orton, as well as Terrence Blanchard and Brantford Marsalis, too. Until next week, enjoy this one. Thanks for listening.